0: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 I'm uh grateful to be here this morning, get the opportunity to share with you God's word today. I'm uh today we're starting a 3-week series from Isaiah chapter 6 called Facing God. Um you know, I grew up going to church. I didn't really give my life to Jesus till I got to college, but I have sat where you're sitting right now and I've listened to a lot of sermons. And um you know, sermons on passages like John 14:15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And how many times do you, do you think about that and say, well, I want to love God, so I need to do a better job keeping his commands. H- how many weeks do you leave church feeling maybe a little bummed out, like, man, I really need to do more. Uh, I-, I need to do a better job. Um, how many of you are kind of afraid of a discipleship, thinking that's just one more thing, I-, I don't have time for that, to add that to my schedule. Um, following god ever feel like a weight a burden to you something that that's just like how am i ever supposed to do this you know i want to show god i love him so i want to obey his commands i want to do a better job being obedient well today what we're going to be talking about is what i've heard called head heart and hands and this is our first slide and um So we're going to get into the scripture, but I'm going to talk about a couple things first. So head are the things that we think and believe. The heart are the things that we feel and what motivates our actions. And the hands are the things that we do and the ways we behave. And I feel like in church, a lot of times, sermons are focused a lot, and Bible studies are focused a lot on the head and the hands. We talk about what you need to believe. We talk about the truth of God's word, the doctrines you need to agree to, the things you need to meditate on and memorize. And we talk about the hands, the things that you need to do. You need to love your neighbor. You need to give to the church. You need to attend the connect group. You need to come to worship. You need to love Jesus better. You need to obey his commands better. And we we focus a lot on the head. That's the things we're talking about. And the hands, the things that I expect you to go and do. Um, And the heart tends to get neglected. Um, Emotions matter. They're important. And so today, the message is not really aimed at your head or your hands. It's aimed at your heart. The question, why are we focusing on the heart? Like I said, often the heart is the most neglected. For example, we think, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So we think, I want to love God and hands, so I'm going to go obey his commands. But what if we have it backwards? What if we have it turned around? What if it's not, I want to show God love, so I'm going to go out and obey his commands better? What if it's, I need to love God more so that I will obey his commands? what if it's not simply obeying but what if the problem is that we are not loving enough so how do we do a better job of loving how do we change our hearts and that's what we're going to see today in isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. if you'll turn with me in your scripture and your copy of god's word to isaiah chapter 6 i'm going to read the first five verses um, the translation on the screen is the Lexham English Bible. Um, so if it doesn't match yours, that's probably why. And this is what it says. It says, In the year of the death of Uzziah the king, I saw the Lord sitting on a high and raised throne, and the hymn of his robe was filling the temple. Seraphs were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And the one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the pivots of the threshold shook from the sound of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, this is Isaiah speaking, and I said, woe to me, for I am destroyed, I am a man of unclean lips, and I am living among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, Yahweh of hosts. So let's look at the scripture passage. Let's look at a couple things. First of all, in the year of the death of Uzziah the king. So Uzziah's reign is one of the longest and most prosperous in the history of Israel. Um, he reigned, uh, some say, up to 60 years, 57 years, some say 40, at least 30 years he reigned. And he brought stability and peace to Judah. So, what does it mean in the year of the death of Uzziah the king? The king had just died. You ever experience a season of unrest in your own life? You ever experience a season where stability has gone out the window? (laughs) We, uh, Sarah and I, celebrated yesterday our 17th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Um, And for 17 of those years, uh, for the last 11 of those years, we have had children. (laughs) I was telling my daughter yesterday um, as we were enjoying dinner together that uh, your mom and I have not had a season of peace (laughs) in 11 years, because they were asking, why would mommy and daddy want to spend a weekend without us? (laughs) Well, you asked me what I wanted, and that's what I wanted, so anyway, yeah, uh, you know, we were either for a period of about eight years we were either Sarah's pregnant we just had a newborn or we were moving and so that was a season of incredible instability and so here in a in Isaiah's world the king had died the long ruling monarch leaving behind an era of instability they didn't know it was going to happen so Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on a high raised throne the hymn of his robe was filling the temple next we see the seraphs uh seraphim or angels sometimes they're called seraph just means fiery ones so they are flaming beings that exist in god's presence and says they had six wings so two they covered their face with two they covered their feet or like their private parts they were they were covering themselves and then with two they flew so so they were they were being respectful the angels were being modest and they were honoring god and they were recognizing the holiness of his presence and then in the hebrew where it says uh, one called to the other and said it says one called to other and here and there so that that different translations will take this differently but the basic idea is that they're calling to each other they're flying around there's just this busyness that's happening god is sitting ruling from his throne and his servants are all about doing his work. Just as we pray, Lord, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is done perfectly. And so these servants are going here and there and speaking to each other, and they're busy doing God's work. And Isaiah is in the middle of it. He's not standing back watching something he is in the presence of God and these fiery ones are flaming and flying and calling out all around imagine being Isaiah God's presence was huge now Isaiah at this point in his life had already been preaching for several years okay he'd already been serving God he was already one of God's elect. He already was doing ministry. He was already being faithful. And he was already being obedient. But this was incredible to him to witness. He had these fiery servants. There was the presence of God. Just like they. he had heard about, Isaiah would have been familiar with the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. He would have been familiar with Exodus and the story of God visiting Moses in the tabernacle. And witnessing god's glory and yet here isaiah was not seeing god's glory on earth but he was being he was transported to heaven and this presence was massive isaiah had never seen or imagined anything like this god was so much different than he had experienced i want you to look at this this was for isaiah a complete human sensory experience look at what he saw he saw the throne The Lord, the seraphs and their wings. What did he hear? Look, he heard. He said the seraphs called to each other. There's a voice, holy, holy, holy. They sang. The smell and the taste. The house was filled with smoke. And this is not like burning wood. This is the incense, the smoke of the incense that fills God's temple. But you can't smell something without tasting it, can you? If you've been around a campfire, you know what I mean. It burns your eyes, burns your tongue house was filled with smoke and look at the feel he could feel it. the pivots shook from the sound so they were shaking they was trembling in these five verses there are no commands there is nothing aimed at our heads there is nothing aimed at Isaiah's head there are no hands there are no facts there's no commands nothing aimed at his hands and there's no facts no nothing to believe no creeds no doctrines no text to memorize. There was nothing aimed at his head. This was primarily aimed at Isaiah's heart. He already knew the right things. He was preaching biblically sound sermons. His doctrine was orthodox. He had the right head. He was already doing the right things. He was preaching. He was ministering. He was he was experiencing God, he was being a prophet, he heard God's word, and he spoke it to the people. He was already doing the right things. He was being faithful to preach. God wanted to get a hold of his heart. Isaiah needed to feel the right things. And so what does Isaiah do when he sees this? What does it say he does in verse 5? I said woe is me Isaiah has an emotional meltdown I must deserve death he realized there's no way that that he's ever worthy of God's presence there was no hope for he is certain of his death this isn't hyperbole this isn't I deserve he says I am ruined woe is me for I am ruined he's saying I I I deserve to die. He was moved emotionally. And this brings out the key truth about facing God. Facing God is really about changing the heart. This is this is the big picture. Is that we need to have our hearts changed. And there's two steps to changing hearts. This isn't in the slides, this is in your notes. You can turn your page around. There's two steps to facing God. And having your heart changed. The first step is to recognize God as He truly is. There's a type of cave salamander, or there's a type of lizard, a reptile known as a cave salamander. And this creature is born in darkness. Okay? It lives its whole life in some of the darkest caves. Many of them are albino, they have no skin pigment. And what's crazy is they're born without eyes. They go their whole life blind. So now, imagine being this creature, being a cave lizard, blind from birth, unable to see. And then one day, someone picks you up out of the cave, out of the cold, dark cave, and sets you on the beach at sunset, the, the, that way, <laughs> uh, towards California, sets you at the beach at sunset, and gives you eyes to see. How would you respond to the colors? the sun, if you could feel the warmth and be incredible. And God's presence in a lot of ways is like this. It's as foreign to us as eyesight is to the blind. And this is why we sing songs like How Great Thou Art, How Great Is Our God, The Lion, The Lamb, Revelation Song. They're, they're, they're pictures of God's awesomeness. And they're written and, and sung with the purpose of engaging our emotional core we need to imagine and visualize passages like this isaiah 6. read revelation sometime and read it and try and put yourself in john's feet as he saw jesus it says his, his feet were as bronze he heard the roar of rushing waters or imagine this imagine that being eyewitness at creation as you're sitting there in utter darkness and stillness and then you hear a voice Speak the two-word Hebrew command, light be, and then light itself comes into being. Picture yourself sitting there. How would that impact you emotionally? There are so many ways to do this, but the key is that we must allow the truths about God to impact our hearts. Things we know in our heads must change how we feel about ourselves, about God, and about others. If we're not letting god change how we feel then we aren't loving him and we're not able to keep his commands so that's the first step is to recognize god as he truly is the second step then is to get real about who we really are and that's both personally and together as god's people and we're evil we're bad we're not good Just like Isaiah said, and this is somebody, again, he was one of God's chosen people. He was a prophet already. He was already ministering to God. And he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. So Isaiah saw God as he really was. And then he saw himself for who he really is. Let's be honest. We weren't born good. We aren't good. We don't have good in us we're not mostly good people who occasionally m- mess up we we make bad decisions and worse worse than making bad decisions we have bad desires we want bad things we want to do evil we don't want to do good and simply trying harder putting more effort into obeying his commands isn't enough to change us. It's not enough to change our church. It's not enough to change our world. Obedience flows out of love. And love comes from experiencing God both with our minds and with our hearts. Jesus in John 4, 24 says, the Father is seeking those who will worship. And another word for worship is serve. So Jesus says the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. So what that means is that Jesus is asking people to serve him, that is, use their hands, with both their mind and their heart. What's the great command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of your everything. Our head, our heart, and our hands all need to be united in serving God, in loving God, and loving people. And so instead of going home and, and thinking, about what you need to do or going out from this place this week trying to figure out how you can better obey what I just want us to do is just take a, a minute of silence and I want you to be still and I want you in your mind to put yourself in that place that Isaiah was the reality is that here this morning with God's people God is present God is just as present here as he was with Isaiah in chapter 6 God is holy and transcendent and he's here so in the stillness in the silence i want you to imagine in your mind what isaiah saw and then i want you to respond to god like isaiah did respond with humility ask god to forgive you not because of what you have done but because of who you are let's pray silently